Hey everyone, welcome to Movie Films with Bill and Steve. I'm Steve. And I'm Bill. Movies talk. So let's talk movies. Let's talk those movies. How you doing, Bill? I'm doing great. I've spent most of my last week just working from home, or I had jury duty on Monday. I didn't do anything, I just had to sit in a room and not get called for anything. Did, and that's uh, been my week. Did your pen break and cover your face? No, I was not in the courtroom during a case. If I was entering a, in a case having to take notes, I'd be like chewing on it going, uh-huh, oh, and then just start having to wipe it up eating paper and hopefully a judge would ask me what's wrong and I'd go, I'm just fine. <laughs> and then I'll find out that there's a criminal that looks just like me and I'll get switched. I'm no longer Bill, I am Nash. Fuck. Fuck, guys, he's Nash. There's no Bill, only Nash. <laughs> only Nash. My Ernest Goes to Jail reboot is all-female, all and there's going to be a female Nash. Female Nash. With a bow on its head. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Uh, so that's yeah, really not a lot going on. There's been some wrestling this past weekend. Uh, New Japan's Dominion show, that was good. Money in the Bank, didn't watch most of it. Had better things to do. <laughs> I watched some of it. it, it, it there's there's some, you know, some good matches on it. Just most of it I didn't care about. Mm-hmm. Um, this weekend, uh, for, uh, for people who are listening to this, as I'm going to go up a little later, but you already know that if you're listening to this, because I will be in Chicago for these spring shimmer tapings. Fuck sure, yeah, like shimmer. Post about it. Yeah, women's wrestling, cool. Check it out. If you uh, went back in time after listening to this to make it to the tapings, because they are, they're over now if you're listening to this. <laughs> I hope I, I hope it was a good show, Bill. Unless, of course, I have some initiative and post this early, I might do that. I don't have anything to do tomorrow or or Thursday because we're recording. We're recording a little early, so I might have uh, some time to put this up so these fine feathered folk that listen to our podcast can get it, you know, for their Sunday evening slash Monday work day. Cause somebody's got a case of the moon days. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, but that's about me. So, Steve, how are you doing this week? I'm doing okay. Good. Uh, dealing with some family stuff, but I got to watch the rough cut of Carousel, the full rough cut, all 71 minutes of it, no credits, a uh, few inserts still not filmed, no fluff, so we're probably looking at about 75 minutes for the full-length film, and it is super funny. Good. Like, it is, it's, the, it's super paced well, it flows so well, all the characters are fantastic, the performances are top-notch. Um, I was laughing at it, even though I wrote all the goddamn jokes. Mm-hmm. And knew what was coming, but just the performances were able to kick everything up even more. Effects look great, shots look great, and that's no color correction, no music, and especially, you know, in regular films, audio and music is like 60% of a movie. Mm-hmm. In a horror film, it's more like 75%, I feel. Yeah. Uh, and even without the music, uh, it's still really good. I could not be more proud of this film. I cannot wait for it to be released, so I'm excited about that. Now, at the, I was always curious about this, especially for you, because you're when you do indie films, your films are always a little shorter than like average running times or 90 minutes. So do you feel like that ever hurts it? Or do you think it's as long as you, you tell the story that you want to tell and the pacing and everything flows well, it doesn't matter if it's like, you know, like you said, 75 minutes as opposed to 80 plus. I think the uh, movies should just be as long as they have to be uh, okay. for the story and what they're telling. I have seen one too many indie movies on my level or lower or slightly higher, you know, however you want to look at it, where the filmmakers clearly felt like it in order to be a movie you have to be 90 minutes and there's a lot of horse shit that shouldn't be there. Oh yeah, that happens a lot. Um, We've talked about that before. <laughs> yeah, so and I don't want that. I'd rather a movie flow well, flow the way it should and that be that, you know. I mean, I and all my scripts are about the same length. It just depends on what's happening in the story itself, you know, like the mm. script of Captain Z and Carousel were both about the same length. Um, Captain Z was an 84 minute long movie and Carousel is going to be 75 and I mean and personally especially if I'm watching a movie that's just supposed to be fun I definitely do not at all mind shorter films when it comes to that you, you feel know? like as long as the film delivers that no one's going to be upset if it's only like 75 minutes exactly that's yeah, exactly I agree, I, agree I would that. rather I would rather someone say man I wish that was longer than holy shit please end yeah, a lot um, of films do that. Exactly. So uh, that's that's how I look at it. You know, I'm not saying that I would never in my life make like a two hour long movie, but unless the movie's supposed to be that via the story, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm never going to go out on my way to do it. Yeah, that's that's fair. I, I, I agree with you as well. I just wanted to maybe hear your more of your perspective on it more in detail because sometimes yep. it's just you know you get some people who do feel like they have to 
push the 90 plus minutes or just are so lost in themselves that they need they really need the scene of someone driving up to a house getting yeah. out of the car walking into the house yeah i hate that i mean i have establishing shots don't get me wrong but no there's a difference between establishing the, yeah. shots and meandering yeah i have uh we have a shot where a car pulls up to a house gets out gets into the house and that entire scene in the in Kara's hell is probably like 20 seconds yeah that's all you need. Spend like ten minutes on it, or their or their opening credits, or just oh fuck opening bong as shit to pad the film. Cares hell, no opening credits, just like all, all my films. <laughs> You'll get a title, maybe, uh, but that's it. There you go, awesome. Well, let's move on to a little like uh, rumblings currently in the news, rumble, uh, rumble. in the film world, uh, DC news because there's not really anything going on Marvel wise, which is odd. Uh, Suicide Squad, the marketing and all stuff where we got all the, all the final posters for the film, and they look great. They look so fucking good. Uh, I cannot believe how good they look. I'm super into it. I'm so glad that they're not doing the same bullshit fucking like team of the shit Photoshop, basically. Shit Photoshop, oranges and blues, or one person standing back to the viewer, eye head turned, eyes looking at them. Yeah. Ominous floating heads. Yeah. No, these are colorful, ridiculous, just here's the cast people, here's this, that, blah. Looks like a crazy comic book. Oh, imagine that. Yeah, I know, right? Weird. What? Man. Uh, Those look pretty cool. And then uh, we got some Justice League news. Yeah, we got some Justice League news. Uh, the one, the uh, the smaller news, I, I guess it still matters, but the smaller news I would say is they revealed the logo. Uh, it's definitely a new logo, but it feels familiar, and I dig that. Mm-hmm. Like, it invokes, like, emotions from, like, the old Justice League cartoons and stuff. Yeah. But there was also a whole bunch of uh, on-set news. Yeah, um, I read some of that. Not all of it. There's a lot of stuff to kind of digest. Yeah, do you want to talk about the uh, the Flash stuff that we'll talk about the villain? Yeah, you might have you might have focused more on the Flash stuff than I did, because I just listened to, I listened to it once, and I, I just know that from early uh, stuff, they were showing press clips and stuff from the film, because the film's only about halfway through its shooting. And uh, a lot of stuff Ezra Miller as Barry is apparently very funny. That's a lot of brevity to the film. Apparently they made him Wally. <laughs> I don't, well, I don't know. I've seen some stuff where, I mean, there, there, some people's interpretations of Barry sometimes do verge more into Wally. And... That's because DC has had a hard-on for, because of Dan DiDio, having a hard-on for just using Barry and nothing but Barry. But mm-hmm. yet also knowing that everyone prefers Wally, so they use Barry so that he can get a Silver Age nut popped and then give them give Barry Wally's personality mm-hmm. instead of just fucking using Wally and it drives me nuts because I like Barry as Barry I mean yeah. don't, Wally's my favorite character of all time you know in all of comics but I, I like Barry as Barry and it pisses me off when they use Barry and they just make him like Wally that's an insult to both of them to me yeah to which why, why not in this film just use Wally West why not just use Wally if you Plenty want people know who Wally West is if you want a funny flash just use Wally West yeah Barry died already, being the Flash. Who cares? Time travel. You know, Snyder's already getting fucking crazy with that. Why not? No shit. <laughs> um, but, you know, aside from that complaint, which I always have, yeah, I mean, it sounds like uh, Barry's uh, going to be funny. It sounds like he's going to be uh, the heart of the league, which, uh, since they don't have uh, John Jones, I think is fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's younger, he's optimistic, he's bright, he's happy, and uh, he's uh, the scene that they showed was the scene where it's Bruce literally sitting in Barry Allen's house and he shows him a bunch of videos and clips of uh, Barry saving people and Barry's just... And, and I always love it when there's clear, obvious proof of you doing something and your response is, oh, that looks like... Some, that's just some guy that looks like me, handsome guy. Uh, but that's not me. Um, with no further or better explanation. That's basically what Barry's explanation is. That's some Jewish kid that looks like he drinks his milk, but he doesn't drink milk, so it can't be him. <laughs> um, and Bruce throws a batarang at him. Barry slows down time, catches it, realizes that he's Batman, and then he's all, fuck yeah, I want to join your team. And Bruce, I didn't even say anything yet. He's like, I don't care. <laughs> Part of your team now. On the team. On the team. There's actually not a team. There, We're called the Justice League, by the way. Oh, okay. Oh, oh okay. If that's how it goes, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> um, but it just, it's a, you know, it's a younger, 
uh, lighter berry, and I think the uh, chemistry based on the description with Bruce is going to be fun and interesting. Um, mm. So I guess Barry and Cyborg will be able to get along well since they're the younger members of the team versus in the comics when they decided to make Cyborg and the Justice League, it was Cyborg and Shazam. Yeah. Because um, Barry was already well, well into adulthood. Mm-hmm. And this Barry seems more like he's early 20s or mid-20s at most. Yeah, they need to work on uh, casting uh, Shazam. Yeah, they do. I, was, I always forget that they've cast Dwayne Johnson as uh, Black Adam. And that's they've it. They really <laughs> have done nothing else moving forward. I mean, the project's far enough away. It's probably good just to lock him down. Because, goddamn, I think everyone's been campaigning for years for him to play, play back Black Adam. Yeah, lock him down, get him signed on. And also, that way, Black Adam could appear in a Justice League movie. That's true. He could he could pop up in some in part one or part two, or just have us. You could always have a small part in something else. You never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There's always reasons for things. They could go with the idea that there's been stuff in the before where, where he was transformed back to his normal self, uh, but just forgot what his word was. And they could just even have Dwayne Johnson as um, Teth Adam just walking around in the Wonder Woman movie or something. Mm-hmm. And like people people who know know, know things will get it. And, like, the big deal with him showing back up in the Shazam film is that he remembers his his word or something. Yeah. It's, you know uh, what I mean? It's that milkshake word. <laughs> so, I mean, that I mean that's the cool stuff that they could do with that. Mm-hmm. No, See, absolutely. So many cool things they could do. So many cool things, because they took their time and they set stuff up, but, you know, fuck DC. Flying by the seat of their pants, Marvel knows everything. So shut they your mouth. They know everything. They, Marvel did it. Marvel has TV stuff that in fact goes with the movies. Except they really don't. Chocolate A-Creams, that's what I was thinking of. That's his word. Chocolate A-Creams. Oh, is it? I forgot what they, what they when they that storyline, what they switched it to. Love that moment in the storyline. Because <laughs> it's just him walking down the fucking street saying random words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Until he finally comes upon, comes upon it. Yeah. Uh, um... But okay, yeah, right. so so uh, that scene sounds cool. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently all the suits look really cool, which I fucking had no concern about. Like, the only um, design that kind of looked off to me was the Aquaman one, but that was just for Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, they already have, like, a better Aquaman suit for the actual Justice League, which looks more Aquaman-y. Which is cool. Mm-hmm. And then in the uh, final bit of Justice League news, uh, it has been confirmed via comicbook.com set visit. Uh, Steppenwolf is the villain of Justice League. I believe that means Steppenwolf will be the villain of Justice League Part 1. And then Darkseid shows up at the end and goes, Sup. Sup. Credits. Sup, <laughs> motherfuckers. No, you have to have like a post credit scene where he's like, Darkseid's looking at Earth. On his little throne, and then some uh, Shirai dude walks up and is like, ah, you can court death, and then he turns around and smiles. And then the audience goes, who's that guy? No, the end credits, the post-credits scene would be Thanos getting arrested. (laughs) Who's going to drive the Thanos copter? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hope Darkseid has a helicopter in the movie that has dark side no i want I, I do want the ps to be the exact same thing like someone trying to tell dark side something and then he just does the omega beams at them and that's, and the, like, that's them. it yeah <laughs> and i was like whoa who's this guy why did you do that to that guy and then we hear granny goodness <laughs> no actually i hope that it's the one of my favorite i hope it's dark side on a couch because dark side has sat on a lot of couches yes throughout the dc Timeline just cut to dark side in someone's living room sitting on the couch eating chips or something. What gets me is now they're doing dark side. It's like, oh man, can we get Orion and the new gods and the female furies? And I mean, I think Big Barda and I think they're going to get crazy with it. I really do. I can't even begin to imagine. Everyone wants to talk Amazon shit am- about DC, but Batman Superman was way more willing to be comic book crazy than all of Phase One Marvel was. Mm-hmm. So I think they're just they're just going to keep on straight up being like, nah, fuck it. There's this old lady that can murder you. As long as if they do Big Barda, and oh. she is and a, Mr. Gigan- a gigantic Amazon of a woman, I'll, I'll be right in the world. Yes. I've seen too many times where people have interpreted Barda and not made her as nearly as tall as she's supposed to be. 
Yeah, Barda in the New 52 was still Barda. That was one of Good, the things yeah. I was happy about. <laughs> she, she just shows up and starts fucking destroying everything. Everyone's yelling, who's that? And Mr. Miracle just goes, that's my wife. Hell yeah. And then she tackles him into concrete, shattering all the bricks to make out with him. And it's that's one awesome. of the greatest relationship moments in the New 52. Well, they have a great relationship historically anyways. Absolutely. Time. Yeah. Mr. Miracle and Big Barda. Good shit. Uh, Enough uh, DC cucking out. We gotta move on to some other stuff. No, but I just want to DC cuck out. <laughs> Can we just rename our show DC Cucks? I don't know. We got some. We got some ripped ass J.K. Simmons as Gordon. Oh, he's I, remember so that fucking... guy, I forgot. I remember that got posted because we didn't get to talk about that. I'm gonna get pictures of Spider Man. <laughs> I'm bringing this medicine myself. <laughs> oh, that's right. Um, uh, shit. Uh, why I can't remember his name. Um, uh, Childish Gambino. Um. From Community, uh, I hate this. I hate this. Do you so mean much. Danny Glover? Danny, yeah, Danny Glover. Yeah. Uh, Donald Glover. No. Don- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he uh, he's in Spider Man. He is in Spider Man. I'm more interested to see who Alfred Molina plays in Justice League. Oh yeah, is he cast in that as well? No, I just assume they're going to keep getting every Spider Man same oh, actor that they can. I gotcha. Okay. <laughs> dirt, 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 dirt. But Donald Glover's in Spider-Man Homecoming. Everyone started flipping the shit out. Like, oh, he's, oh, he's Miles. Like, he's Miles. Like, he's way too old to play Miles. He's so like no. 35. <laughs> uh, it's like, that's cool, but that's like, it's too late. He's not playing Spider-Man. I wouldn't be surprised if he's uh, Ben Urich's like, nephew or something. He's the Prowler. That'd be pretty cool, actually. Or he's the, uh, uh, uh well, it was the guy in the rocket skateboard. Was it, uh... Uh, I'm blanking on these super dumb, obscure, like '70s Spider-Man villains. Like, not even necessarily "quote unquote" villains. Like, it's like, was it Rocket Racer? Yeah, it was like Rocket Racer or something like that. Let me, let me search Rocket Racer. See if that's what if he was Quentin Beck? That'd be a terrible casting, and I'd go, "Why did they do that?" <laughs> because he wants to be. Yeah, it's Rocket Racer. Because yeah. he wanted to be in Spider-Man. I I want to be the hero. I I that's my biggest beef with the Spider-Man films. They're villains. Most of their villains started out as people that just wanted to stop Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, because he was a public menace. They thought. I mean, like that's my biggest, my biggest beef with the Spider-Man films. They never truly get to the point that uh, most people thought he indeed was a menace and a vigilante, and he yeah. should be brought to justice because people did believe what they were reading in the newspapers. Amazing Spider-Man Two, I feel, was the only one where they at least covered that. Because yeah, they had because they had that montage where it was like half people being like, "Hey, I think he's doing a good thing," and half the people being like, "Go fuck yourself, Spider Man." Yeah, biggest problem with Spider Man was they came out post nine eleven. Yeah, and I I feel like if that had not happened, they probably would have stuck with it mm-hmm. instead of this whole. Uh, you you mess with him, you mess with all of us. With New York, we New York is united, even though New York is never united like this. No, not good. Uh, okay, uh, enough comic book bullshit. We gotta get something super important, like Power Rangers. Yay. When I think Zordon, I think Brian Cranston. Okay. It's because he's bald. No shit. I mean, like, just some people ever like, oh, he's, he, should be, he should be Lex Luthor! I'm like, like... No, he shouldn't. He's way too old to be Lex Luthor. There it's are like, you're far just better that actors. He's bald. You're just saying that because he needed a major role being bald. That's it. If you're gonna, if you're gonna get a really old dude to play Lex Luthor, why not just get Clancy Brown at that point? Oh, that'd be fucking badass. That'd be so fucking badass. <laughs> the best Lex Luthor playing, playing Lex Luthor in live action. I know, right? The Kurgan motherfuckers. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be so great. So there's that. I mean, I don't. What, it's so funny that casting's happening now. They've already been shooting for a while. <laughs> uh, I love Hollywood shooting schedules. So I wonder if he'll end up like he wasn't Godzilla. He'll be there and then he'll just die. Uh, no, I don't think they'll kill Zordon in the first movie. They killed Zordon in the other movie. But he came back. I know, but this, this is a new film. The Dark Edgy's Power Rangers. See their hey. suits? See, see Rita? Well, I mean, he can no die. I just yet. don't think it's going to be the first film. It took Power Rangers seven seasons to kill Zordon. Quote unquote. Oh no, he died, died. Quote unquote. <laughs> the Quote Red unquote. Ranger murdered him. Well, because he Zordon, asked him to. Zordon shouldn't have been a bitch. <laughs> That's true. Good. Well, I, I think that's enough for news. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Uh, Roman Reigns got suspended 30 days. Ha <laughs> ha. Everyone's laughing. 
Man, what a way to <laughs> no fuck No one up. cares. I cannot remember the last time such a huge, like, main event person in WWE during a main event program got a suspension. Yep. <laughs> That's just huge. Like, why would you do that? Dummy. Hey, whatever. That means we're 30 days Roman Reigns for you, finally. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is funny, because they're going into Battlegrounds the next pay-per-view in July, and it, the main event was to be a triple threat between uh, him, Seth Rollins, and Dean Ambrose, which is a big deal for a lot of people. And now he's going to be gone for, until, like, a couple days before the pay-per-view. So that entire thing scrapped. Say goodbye to that. That's not happening. Anybody who bought their tickets thinking that was going to be a the S.H.I.E.L.D. triple threat that everyone's been wanting for two years now, nope. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Reigns done fucked up. Done fucked up. Done fucked up. Speaking of not fucking up, <laughs> uh, we gotta get today's film. Uh, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, uh, we were planned ahead a little bit here. A little uh, bit. We're, t- we're looking at the 2015 film Maggie. Maggie. Arnold Schwarzenegger, directed by Henry Hobson. Fuck yeah. A teenage girl in the Midwest becomes infected by an outbreak of a disease that slowly turns the infected into cannibalistic zombies. During her transformation, her loving father stays by her side. It's true. Uh, this is a film we talked about a lot when it, uh, over you know 2015 when trailers for it were dropping, a lot of information was coming out about it, and I think we were both looking looking forward to it a lot. It didn't really get much of a theatrical release. It did not. It basically went straight to home video, and uh, which so is surprising finally... because it's a you know Schwarzenegger and it's a zombie film and true, um, but you know sometimes films just can't pick up just proper distribution. So. Absolutely. Even though it's a Lionsgate and all this stuff, but I think it got a home video release a few months back, and so me and Steve are finally getting around to checking it out, and so uh, we did. We watched it, and let's uh, get into this uh, discussion of the film. Uh, Steve, you're the first of uh, the two of us to watch it. What did you think of Maggie? Um, let me uh, start off by preemptively saying that it takes a lot for me to be interested in a zombie film. Yes. Um, there are too fucking many. There are so many. Everyone has their fucking zombie film idea. But Steve, uh, The Walking Dead is the most popular television show on, on television. It's got Rick. And you, you see, have you seen Norman Reedus? People love that nasty bike riding, smelly redneck guy. Is that the show that has Clementine in it? I don't, what is that? It's a fruit. Is that, is that on The Walking Dead? I don't know. That's a character from a video game. Oh, is there, there's a there's a video game that are the are you talking about the Telltale games or that yeah. really shitty like one that Activision or EA put out that was like what is this? Oh man, that one was so much better. You could shoot way more zombies than you could in the Telltale games. I know there was no story to get in the way either. Yeah, seriously. Oh fuck those Telltale games and their deep, complex, uh, emotional stories. Uh, I don't know about that. Pew pew zombies, motherfuckers. Um, but so Doritos. <laughs> You're making this video game better, Bill. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it way better right now. Pizza Hut. Uh, Just when you think it couldn't get any better, I'm about to top it off. Now, zombie climbs on your back and says, "I need to get to the Pizza Hut." Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you gotta run all crazy. And, and then the... Baja Blast Mountain Dew, motherfuckers. Just it, oh, you're just ejaculating Baja Blast Mountain Dew. It burns all over citric, the zombies' faces. The carbonation. It's oh, bubbly. It's so bubbly. I'm sorry, I, I derailed I need to your, see a doctor. Uh, your, so zombie <laughs> films, we just talked about how like how great they are. Yeah, so great. Uh, the, you have to be really, really, really creative and unique for me to give a fuck about your zombie film. Uh, that's why I'll probably never make a zombie film. I would have to have a really, really, really good idea before I make a zombie film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a dead genre. No pun intended. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's been dead uh, for 25 years. Pretty much. Um... <laughs> Aside from a few here and there, but, very very select few. Sure, yeah, but yeah, I'm just um, I'm just like prefacing. Um, but so you know, here in the you know when people were first pitching this to me, they were pitching it as it's a zombie film with Ronald Schwarzenegger, and my response was, okay, that sounds terrible. I don't care. I don't care. Um, at all, and I didn't for the longest time until I finally saw, like, legitimate synopses and saw the trailer, uh, and this clearly seemed like a unique take on a zombie film. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily, like, the, uh, subject matter has been touched upon in other zombie films, but this was gonna be very much about this one person turning and how her father's dealing with it. 
And after seeing the film, I gotta say, it it was a unique take on zombie films, and I really appreciated it for that reason. I uh, totally agree with you. Like, I mean, every zombie film, I feel, has to have the character turning subplot. Usually it doesn't really matter. I think it mattered more in Dawn of the Dead, because it was a character. Yep. We had, like, that was a part of this, like, tiny group of four people. We got to know them, and then... That is the his... only time it's, like, really mattered. Because there was build-up yeah. to it, and it was sad, and it was fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, like how he is just, like, slowly, like, like coming sick and dying. Like, not It didn't really matter so much, and, um... Night of the Living Dead, and uh, never really came to play in Day of the Dead. No. So, except for someone getting bent and just chopping their fucking arm off the machete. <laughs> Which I feel would have worked if he didn't immediately kill himself. Yeah. And uh, then, yeah, you know, I, again, it's still just a subplot. Normally, someone gets bitten, they hide it. That happened in the Dawn of the Dead remake, where they're hiding the fact that the pregnant woman got bit and all these other things like it's a comment it's a comment it's, it's a throwaway bit that's just gonna be a trope of a zombie films and most generic zombie films have that in it this film takes that trope and just extrapolates it and really looks into the emotions and the humanity of it all mm-hmm. especially because this is a this turn as they call it it takes like two fucking weeks three weeks uh, it's, it's seemingly a little bit longer for some people mm-hmm. like it's i mean prior to that i think the longest turn was in the original dawn of the dead and that took I don't know, like, what, five days, give or take? I mean, there wasn't a clear timeline, yeah, but... Yeah, it depends. It makes it look like it did take a while. Yeah. Whether it was a couple days or a, few, a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So, not, not not a long, long time. Yeah, where, versus in all other films, it's like, oh, like, a couple days later or whatever. Or even Dawn of the Dead, where it's like, some people, it's like, blah, instantly. Instantly, but that pregnant lady really fucking hung on. <laughs> or 28 days later, or, uh, there's been a lot of things where it's like, an, almost instantaneous, like, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the Resident Evil films did that, yeah. Where it was almost an instantaneous, you done fucked up. Yeah. To be fair, at least that's supposed to be like a bioweapon virus. That's true. So that's one Although, of the few things where I'll give him a pass. Oh yeah, this film's the world building immediately in this film is pretty good. It's that, mostly just uh, Schwarzenegger's character just driving into what looks like a dilapidated, you know, almost like dystopian Kansas City. That was one of my favorite things about this film. It's because uh, this is post-apocalypse. Mm-hmm. This is the world coming back together. Oh, yeah. Um, so, like, there are still areas that are have zombies randomly, but they're rebuilding society. They have working hospitals. You know, they have, they have an economy. They have neighborhoods and families and towns and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if you're in the wrong place, you could get fucked. Because, yeah. like, they haven't cleaned up everything yet. Nope, there's still... Even especially where... Uh, Schwarzenegger's character of uh, Wade Vogel, he's a farmer, so they just live out, you know, on the, on the plains and the cornfields and stuff. So he's like driving along, you know, stops to get gas. Turns out the guy who runs the gas station's been turned, so he ends up having to kill him. Mm-hmm. And so it's like even that, like, you know, there's there's particular areas where it seems fine, but there's still like these stragglers, still people clinging on to family members and such, which is a topic that gets discussed in the film. Oh yeah, even like yeah, the radio for listening in, how like they sort of contain it those things are starting to get better but yeah it is post not the, taken care of quite yet. yeah and like they're having to burn crops because they think that might contain the like they're not still not sure what caused it mm-hmm. they're not, you know all this sort of stuff so it's, it's really good that that the there's no like huge exhibition number everyone knows everything like everyone is still still trying to figure it out like you still have doctors saying like some people this like at a certain point here's you have a couple days this stuff will happen then you need to put them in quarantine or kill them Mm-hmm. And that's a constant theme in this the matter of choice and letting go and all that type of stuff. Right. Uh, but so the main character of the film, Maggie, the, the title character, I should say, is Wade's uh, daughter and the daughter of his first wife. Yes, first wife. And apparently she had left to go to the city. She got uh, bitten by a. They, they don't really call them zombies. We'll just say infected. Yeah, we'll say infected. The synopsis calls them zombies, but they don't use the word zombie in the film. Mm-hmm. It's really just infected. And so she's now infected, and so they give she has a you know a little probably a week and a half before she's going to just fully turn, and just lose all control and basically turn to a, a zombie. Yeah, uh, black eyes. I will the beginning of the film when he goes to the hospital to pick her up, like the uh, special effects, the practical makeup effects for all the decayed flesh and stuff mm-hmm. looked fantastic. And it is important to say that these are other than they, they don't call them zombies; they are zombies. These are undead, decaying. Yes. It's not like 28 Days Later where they just get mad and 
No, yeah, they're not rage. I'm just saying, yeah. but I'm just trying oh, to... Oh, no, no, yeah, my... I just want to clarify for anyone that hasn't seen the film. No, totally, totally. Uh, I do appreciate that, though, they aren't, they aren't zombies. Just infected. Yeah. Uh, with the uh, necroambulus ambulance of a disease, it's something like that. Something like that. I was trying to catch... They don't, uh, okay, here we go. It's uh, the necroambulist virus. That's what it, that's what it's called. You know, they only said it one time, so I was trying to catch it. Yeah. Uh, picking her up. Basically, uh, the doctor's letting her go back with, with Wade back to his, his farmhouse just because the, the main doctor in Kansas City is friends with a, their local doctor, so it's a favor type situation. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, from there on for the rest of the film, it's really just uh, a father who obviously loves his daughter. And in, through all this is, is also like a reminder of him of his first wife who died, which again, they don't focus too much on how she died you just find out that you just kind of pick up through clues and them talking that she's dead yeah and that he's remarried and he has kids with this new woman now whether or not they're his kids or her kids not important kind of here it almost interesting that it almost seems like it could possibly be that his wife died during the zombie outbreak she could have died before then i do appreciate that they're not they are not specific at all on how she died yeah she's it, just gone the how she died doesn't matter to this plot it's mm-hmm. just that she's it, gone. It almost makes it feel like she did get infected, and the reason why... Uh, the, the, main, the main plot of the film is obviously uh, Wade's decision whether or not to kill Maggie. Mm-hmm. It almost makes it seem like he had, he was the one that had to kill her before, when she did become infected and mm-hmm. became like a zombie. And that's why he's having so much trouble doing the same thing to Maggie. Right. So I do appreciate that they leave that ambiguous, because you can, leave, you can draw your own conclusions to whether or not... He's going to do it, and what, what his motivations... I mean, obviously, there's hesitation because he doesn't want to kill his daughter, his connection to his first wife. Yes. But you could also... I extrapolate maybe... Who is wild in bed. <laughs> Shut up, Love Dad. dandelions. Shut up, Dad. <laughs> no, he's just talking about the legs. Oh, just those legs. legs. Uh, just wrap around my big, fat dick. <laughs> Dad, please stop. This this damn old truck. This is damn old. Hey, fuck that truck. <laughs> I'm going to fuck this truck so much. Uh, so, <laughs> there's a great, Jesus uh, Gashison zombie kill. We meet the wife who, and their two kids. Oh, oh we should talk aunt. about briefly the whole hospital setup for the, for the Zeds. Oh, where they're basically like an entire quarantine zone surrounded by yeah, plastic so, so yeah, so. Arnold goes to, Wade goes to pick up his daughter from the hospital. Basically, if he didn't have a, a doctor connection to pick her up and take her home for a while, she would have just stayed there. Mm-hmm. Like, they wouldn't have let her go, and she would have stayed there until she was too far gone, and then they would have apparently thrown her in a room with all the other infected, regardless of what level infected they are, which sounds terrifying. Yeah. And then g- give them a cocktail that kills them from the inside out, but it hurts like fuck. Mm-hmm. Why do that? I don't understand. Yeah. That's so weird. Go to the fucking Return of the, Le- Return of the Living Dead part. Just put your just put on the furnaces. Yeah. Uh, Maybe that doesn't work. I don't know. I don't think that's going to work. But what do you do with it? You, what are you going to do with all this? Are you just going <laughs> to toss them in barrels? <laughs> all right, it's the Army Corps of Engineers! Uh, but yeah, it's the true that, yeah, where you do find out later in the film where the quote-unquote quarantine is just like, here you go. Yeah, it's apparently a fuckers. totally <laughs> fucked situation, which adds more headache and trouble to whether or not... Why people don't want to fo- go. Yeah, you're totally following... You know, Maggie's course, like, how she's dealing with tra- the transformation, just trying to come with terms with the fact that soon she is going to be dead. And what manner of dead is going to be up, still up in the air. And then you're also following Wade, who's just having to make this decision of, does, you know, does he, he's almost getting to the point where he's almost willing to be killed by cops to protect his daughter. Mm-hmm. And it's, thankfully, he has a friend with the police, because uh, that small town mentality, if you're haven't been around your friends with people yeah and that's kind of the core like this it's kind of hard to jump on particular things in the film because the film is pretty simple and it's and it's story story is overall story and what it's telling is just has a lot more themes that are kind of sprinkled throughout it and like just seeing characters how they act interact with each other and where they go from there is arnold's acting in this film is fantastic i think we Figured out, figured it would be from the trailers early on, and I thought it delivered very well. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a pretty emotional performance. He doesn't have necessarily a ton of lines, but a lot of it is just I don't know. A lot of it's just him walking. A lot of it's just um, uh, um, uh, facial expression, expression, um, expressions, and with that, you know, just like, there were some good character moments with him and Maggie, mm-hmm. uh, played by Abigail Breslin, uh, just talking. Like, tell, like you know, I mean, he's 
uh, father daughter uh, uh, moments mm-hmm. where he's trying his best to keep her hopes up and just you know it, not face the inevitable. Absolutely, it's um, and and uh, Abigail uh, Breslin, I guess, uh, who plays Maggie, uh, mm-hmm. also is really top notch in this. There's a lot of uh, small scenes. Um, I'll try to go back to, like, going somewhat in order. I jumped ahead just because the hospital BC picked her up from the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, when she first gets back to the house before uh, Arnold's new children go to live with their aunt because their mother does not want them in a house with someone that's going to be turning into a flesh-eating zombie. Yeah. Fair. Which everyone <laughs> takes that. Yeah, everyone takes that very well. No one's offended by this. Like, the... Uh... Uh, Maggie is also like, oh, you're leaving, all this stuff. And the kid, um, oh, the, Bobby... The conversation between her and Bobby on the rooftop. Yeah, how he knew two kids at school got infected, while the, why he didn't like one of them, that's... He was an one. asshole, but he didn't deserve to die. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, everyone, I think I think there's a great brevity with everybody and just their acceptance of the situation. It's a very human interpretation of the zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Very individualized, you know, very one-on-one. Not like the Dawn of the Dead remake... Or like many other zombie films. Where there's tens of thousands of zombies and cast of, you know, 15 people trying to survive all to get picked off and died. Yeah. Eaten and all this stuff. Yeah. Now it's just, no, we gotta bring it down to just, here's five people. Yeah. Here's how they're dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And how they go about dealing with it. There is a particular scene where they're walking in the woods and then they come upon that they're one of their neighbors. Oh, yeah. And his daughter had also... Um, Babysat. Turned, uh, yeah, and so Arnold has to take an axe and kill both. He kills the father. Then there's like this four year old girl, mm-hmm. and it's like, uh. oh, it's hard because the entire time he's holding the axe, staring at them, and he just keeps on saying, "Please say something." Yeah, please not say something to, to show me them. that you're not a fucking zombie. Mm. Uh, and he has to do the right thing. Takes a while, <laughs> but then he does it. <laughs> yes. And the cop, yeah, the cops come and they're just like, you know, where'd you leave them? You did the right thing. Apparently, she had them locked up in the back room for weeks. Yeah, Bonnie, Bonnie, goddamn it, Bonnie, to attach her husband and daughter, her husband who just locked himself in the room with the daughter to die, to die. Um, and that's also the first scene where the the cops, even the uh, the nice one, are outright saying like, hey, so you know, when Maggie gets to that point, you're going to do the right thing, right? Well, I think everyone, even the doc, family doctor, is saying your options are you let her go to quarantine, you give her the cocktail at home. Or My suggestion, it, shoot her. Or make it quick. Yep. And I, it's just like that's the, it's a harboring that's the, that's the an option, but it's probably admittedly the best option. Yeah. You know, she's, by the time she's almost too, before she's too far gone, when she's still herself to, you know, just put, it out, put her out of her misery. Yeah. And don't let her become... One of those things. Yeah, because she uh, she cuts her finger in the film and then immediately cuts her finger off, which was interesting. Yeah, that was an intense scene. Uh, very intense. Um, yeah, black, black, uh, just putrid uh, blood. Also, my immediate response to that was, uh, lady, throw with that knife away just right now. Just never use that. Never use your uh, kitchen again. Just wa- wash it off. Uh, Don will take care of that. <laughs> just rinse it off. <laughs> I mean, those tomatoes are fucked anyways. So. Those tomatoes were fucked. <laughs> um, but then she uh, goes to. I, I like the fact that she goes to the doctor for a checkup, and I like that uh, Wade just says, "You know, we're gonna get you checked. Uh, check, get that finger checked out, okay? No arguments." But it's really to check her up on her fucking progress of being infected. Mm-hmm. Um, and how, how far along she is, and even the doctor is trying to play it nice, put her because he's friends with Wade and stuff. And even though the stuff he says doesn't super make sense, he's just like, "Well, your heart is really slow. That's a good sign." Like, okay. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I don't know, uh, and then after the uh, actual checkup, he outright says to Wade, "Like she is progressing super fucking fast, man. I give her one week tops." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Here's your options, <laughs> which is yeah, what she just said. Doesn't have a lot of time left on this earth, and how we're gonna follow those last couple remaining days. Um, uh, throughout this uh, film, up to this point, she also keeps getting phone calls from one of her friends. Yes. Trying to get her to hang out with them, and then she eventually just shows up. There's actually a nice moment between her uh, stepmother, I'll say stepmother, I don't know if she ever legally adopted her or some shit, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. Yeah, Caroline. Make, giving her a nice necklace made from something from her mother's. And she goes to hang out with the friends, and honestly, at first, I don't know how to take this, because mm-hmm. I've become so cynical from other like films that part of me is like, oh man, are they just gonna like, 
make fun of her and do something horrible to her because she's a dirty, infected zombie bitch. No. And nope, it's a nice camp out because there's, they also have another friend who's even further along with the zombie infection. Uh, and of course they fuck because it can't get any worse. You can't get more infected. Yeah. Good, good. And that was a really good moment, I thought. Like, her friend, Allie, makes sure to drag her, uh, to go to, like, this um, trip at the reservoir or whatever. And yeah, Live a just, little, because she knows what's happening. Yeah, I think, even even at the end, she's trying to be like, hey, next weekend, and even even then, they're, they're, they know what the inevitability is going to be, and they're just, but they're just trying to live life and trying to, you know, make the last moments just as normal and as uh, comfortable as possible. It, it was very real, because the entire time her friend was trying to, like, stay strong and just pretend like nothing was wrong in a good yeah. way uh, yeah but then at the end like before she drives away she has to get out and just hold her because she knows this is probably the last time she's going to see her friend yeah yeah that's that's true it's a very deep film as it, a lot this keeps going it's, it's not a it's not a light film by any means i hope no hope we're conveying that well enough it's pretty deep very heavy uh, depressed depressed yeah pretty heavy film probably the most heaviest film we probably watch this show i don't we don't normally go for this uh sort of fair i think so too so I mean, but it's good. I mean, it's it's, it's going to be uh, diverse in uh, material. So we are then after that we're then like the next day she finds out her friend Trent who is at the group gathering as well, but is also infected. He apparently has gone too far along because mm-hmm. he tried and, attacking his dad. Yes, and so he's getting ready for cops to come and take him away for quarantine. His father has a gun. He clearly doesn't want to go. Uh, it's I, I didn't know if this was going to end with a suicide by cop. Situation. I was expecting suicide by cop. Absolutely. Yeah, but I, I think at the same time it's almost more sad that it doesn't happen. Yeah, because <laughs> he he's goes like, even court. walking away, asking his first father, you know, pleading with his father. Yeah, it's, it's sad. And, and and she's watching it too, and that's her potential oh, yeah. future, which makes everything oh, yeah. even worse. Yeah, this person that she also even had like a crush on. Yeah, and it's a big deal on this. Like, oh, look at that. So, one of the big parts of the film that we know that... Obviously, we've get Throughout this, we're getting the signs. Like, her sense of smell has increased. Yeah, she, she to, smells like, food, and it's her stepmother that she's smelling. Yeah. And it's just a nice moment of, I smell food. Is, uh, some, is, are you cooking something? Like, oh, no, your dad must be making something that he shouldn't be. And then her stepmom goes downstairs, and no one's fucking home. And she realizes, oh, no. And then the big turning point for the stepmother is when... Um, Throughout the film, we've been seeing this fox, and then the payoff for that is the fox is trapped in a cage, and Maggie, upon seeing the fox, uh, like Wants to cannot control it. herself, and then this it, the, the the hunger of being infected takes over, and then we see her next running home covered in fox blood, mm-hmm. and just upset about what she's done, and, and a bit wild too. Like Arnold has to hold her down and yell, like "fucking get your shit together." Yeah, and, and during that entire time, Caroline, the stepmother is clearly, like, fearful of her and all, and all this stuff, but Arnold is still always constant and is trying to protect protecting his daughter, even if, at that point, she's a rabid zombie or something. He's still trying to hold her down, trying to get her to calm down, no matter what, if he can or can't. Yeah, and, to come back like, to him, even if it's just temporarily. Yeah, always playing the father figure. Mm-hmm. So from this, Caroline leaves, because she can't be, stand to be there, and then it just comes down to some uh, heavy final, like, 15 of the film, where it's just Arnold... The cops deciding, come back again. Mm-hmm. There's a straight up fist fight. Yep. Um, and then if to the point where like the the uh, friend cop just asks Maggie, "Are you okay?" Maggie says, "Yeah." He's like, "Okay, that's all I need to hear." And the other cop is losing his shit, and to a degree, rightfully so, although he's an asshole. Yeah, he's <laughs> kind of a bit too gung ho about he... oh, get, get these goddamn zombies and kill them. <laughs> yeah, he he is logical, but he is a bit too gung ho about it. Yeah, I, or, or too paranoid, I would say. Yeah, too paranoid. It's not like he's enjoying it. He's just like, we have a community to protect. Wow. Bonnie. Wow. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm going to go kill your daughter. Bye. Bye. Oh, speaking of Bonnie, we didn't talk about the entire scene with Arnold and Bonnie. Yeah, shortly after he kills them, bon- one night, Bonnie just happens to... Just shows up. Shows up at his house. <laughs> with a gun. With a gun. And we're like, oh no, what's going to happen here? And so she just... Have you seen them? Takes some. He takes some. Takes her to the two bodies. Like, thankfully, she never kills herself. She doesn't try to, but she does get taken away by the cops, mm-hmm. which leads to him going over to Bonnie's house to see where she stored them. And it was just like this. All the fucking ter- like horrific yeah. fucking scene. It's, it's yeah, because there's no danger. There's no fear. It's just seeing the room where this father and daughter were kept for who knows how long and how torn mm-hmm. apart 
It is. Oh yeah, it just like looks disgusting. Yeah. And how apparently the father had like carved in the wall like I'm your father. Like there's all these things. It's obviously heavy shit for Wade to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And it's tough. So uh final 15 back to that sorry final 15 uh is basically just this long lead up to whether or not the big thing question is he almost uh, kills her once in the barn yes but then he decides against it and lets her go to bed mm-hmm. however he uh he sleeps in the chair with the loaded gun in his lap mm-hmm. and we get it's very very slow long build up of uh maggie kind of like climbing out of her bed mm-hmm. zombie wheezing like as she has been when she's been fully zombified, slowly yeah. walking down the steps, walking up to Wade, getting real close, her lips and mouth real close to his neck and face. And the film shows that he's awake and ready to go with the gun, yeah. but he's really waiting too long. <laughs> I th- Well, I, I again, I think it's that hesitation like yeah. he just doesn't want to do it he doesn't want to do it and she like he's yeah that that's building attention too like he's he's clearly awake clearly has that gun gripped ready to just i don't know pull the trigger but he just can't and she just ends up kissing him on the forehead yeah kisses him on the forehead and then and walks, she away. walks away and then yeah. she uh before that before that yeah. we see him wake up as she leaves the room walk over pick the shell up off the ground load the gun and we think, okay, the, he's going to have to do it now. He's going to go kill her. But then we see that she is on the roof of the house. And uh, in her de- final moments, she decides to kill herself, as opposed to her having her father take her life. Mm-hmm. Not, to and, not put that guilt on him. Yes, yes, absolutely. And then she uh, jumps off the roof of the house. Yep, and kills herself. And that is the end of the film. I was Choice! I was as... expecting the film to be a bullshit ending. Where it, it would be a gunshot cut to black. And although uh-huh. this was a death cut to black, I just appreciated that it wasn't a goddamn gunshot cut to black. <laughs> it was more like a cut to white. It was a Pure cut whiteness. To, yeah. Where she sees her, her mother. Yeah, she sees and, her mother again. And then, then, then fade to black. Yeah. Or our eyes are that, or some BS, or she, it's like, is he, I, I know, actually, I was not expecting a healing, like she would be recovered. Mm-hmm. Like, because the film would, I, I mean, on the surface, I guess you could think of a happy ending, but I knew this film wasn't going to have a happy ending. Yeah, I mean, there's no way they keep and they kept on saying throughout the film that we don't know we don't know enough about this yet, and they're still learning about it. So, like in the world, maybe eventually they develop something, but not in this story. No, this, the the ending in this film is purely uh, she attacks and kills Wade. Does Wade kill her, or does she kill herself through you know, one way or the other? Mm-hmm. Does she become a uh, super zombie and get? Yeah, I was expecting her to kill herself mostly, whether or not. It'd be using the gun, or but I liked how it ended. Yeah, or they're just jumping off the roof mm-hmm. of their very tall house, and then that uh, was the end. That's that's Maggie. That is Maggie. Very heavy, depressing film. Uh, enjoyable, but, I mean, I did enjoy it, but it. yeah, darkly beautiful. Yes, um, is a good way to describe the film. You know, there is a. It's meant to be somber, but it's somber with that sense of humanity. You know, it's. Mm-hmm. It's people in a hopeless situation trying to hang on to what they have right now uh, because life mm-hmm. is fleeting and they need to get the get what they can out of every moment. Yeah. Um, especially when it's as obviously inevitable as it is in this situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, or just a couple days or, or me dumbzo. Yep. Uh, and so dealing with that. How's it feel to uh, be turned to a zombie, huh? Doesn't feel too good, huh? Hey, at least your, at least your at step um, smells like cheeseburgers. So you got that going for you, which is pretty nice. Uh, so that's Maggie. Uh, final star ratings? Um, I thought, as I said, it's a very unique, uh, beautiful, albeit downtrodden take on a zombie film. I, mm-hmm. I really, really liked the much more human aspect of it. You know, as I've said, I really agree with... Uh, Oh, fuck. I feel like a piece of shit. Uh, I, uh, the guy who directed Robocop 2. Um, Irvin Kershaw. Thank you, Irvin. I was going to call him Ivan. Irvin Kershaw. Um, I agree with him as a director that the uh, most interesting thing you can see on a screen to tell the story is the human face. And yes. this is a whole lot of just reactions, stare-offs, um, quiet dialogue moments between just two people. It's a, it's a story that's being told through these people about these people. It's not... It's not about the zombies, it's not about the apocalypse, the post-apocalypse, I should say. Um, it's not about the big picture, it's about this family and their town. Yes. And I think that's a wonderful take on it. 
I enjoyed the film a lot. It's probably one of the best zombie movies I've seen in years, without a doubt. I agree. Um, uh, a little slow in a few parts, but again, I, I've said it before with other films, just because it's slow doesn't mean it's bad, but it is a bit slow in a few parts. Mm-hmm. Um, I would give it uh, a very solid 4 out of 5. I would as well. 4 out of 5 was my immediate, immediate uh, go-to score for the film. Uh, I've said before, I don't normally have too big a promise slower-paced films, as long as I feel like it's actually building towards something, and I feel like this film is building mood. Absolutely. Very... It was uh, it was also well shot. I thought it, you could you could argue that it sucks because a lot of modern films are usually kind of drab in their color. But I think it's important for this film to be kind of drab in color mm-hmm. and kind of maintain a gray blue color scheme to the film. Yeah. And there are times where it is colorful, like when he shows in the 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 mother's uh, first mother's um, uh, or first wife, I should say, but her Maggie's mother's mm-hmm. uh, dandelion garden, all this stuff that's bright and colorful. There are many, there are many moments of color in the film, but I think it many scenes. When they're, the heaviness of it, I think the blue-gray actually works really well. Oh, well, their life is gloomy. Yeah, it's not yeah, like an just, it's not yeah. like an action movie that's saturated for some random fucking reason. Like it, there's an artistic reason for it here. Agreed. And uh, the music is also minimalistic and works pretty well for what it is. Uh, one of my what's used. One of my favorite shots um, as a uh, director, and this is a little bit more of a lighter way to look at this otherwise heavy film is uh, the scene where Arnold is right before he burns his crops and he's just walking. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't help but laugh thinking of them filming that scene that night of just, like, one fucking director and, like, a, a camera operator and just Arnold Schwarzenegger in the middle of the field as the director just says, Okay, Arnold, just just walk towards the camera. Just walk. Yep, keep walking. No, slow down. Walk. Walk. It's a long shot of him walking. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of those, but I think those are good moments. Good quiet moments. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Even when it's just him driving to town in, in his truck. That damn truck. That goddamn damn truck. truck. Well, if you want to email us about your damn old trucks, <laughs> you can do so at moviefilmsofbillandsteve.gmail.com. You can, of course, find all of our episodes at moviefilmsofbillandsteve.tumblr.com, and we are on Facebook and iTunes. Just look at Movie Films of Bill and Steve. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, and a five-star rating. Let us know what would you do to your daughter during the zombie outbreak <laughs> when she was infected. Would you kill her? Or would you uh, do other stuff? Let us know. In your iTunes review, say, yeah, I'd kill my daughter. <laughs> Just say that. Don't that's don't clarify that it's in the zombie apocalypse. Just tell us what you would do to your daughter in the situation without without sharing what the situation is. Yeah, we'll know what you're talking about. We'll know okay. what you're talking about. We'll know. We'll know. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at Lovableville. And of course, you can check out all the updates on Karis Hell coming soon. If you go to facebook.com slash silver spotlight films uh you can buy my previous films watch trailers at silver again the survivors is available to watch for free on the silver spotlight films facebook if you want to kill 30 minutes with a little uh, horror short parody give it a give it a go and facebook.com slash the amazing spider steve to see me and spandex showing off my ass 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 awesome well as always guys i've been bill i've been steve well, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but you're going to live to enjoy all the glorious fruits life has got to offer. Acne, shaving, premature ejaculation, and your first divorce. <laughs> <laughs>